107. Opening the doors to endless possibilities. In the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. With your host, Rafika and Brother James. So that's it. It's time. Welcome to the Keys 107 Network. I am your co-host, Rafika. My co-host, Brother James, is in the house. Brother James, are you there? Absolutely. Wouldn't miss this for anything. Yeah, well, just wanted to, to make Keys, sure that everyone. just wanted to make sure that our our technology is is working on par today because you know sometimes we got that Murphy happening with us. Well, it sounds like we're all together today, so let's get on with the program. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about today's guest as we joined the world in wrapping up another year of celebrating women during the month of March. We have started with Cheryl Murrow last week and talked about her and shared her story with us about what it was like growing up with her dad, Dr. Willie Murrow, and now we are going to bring back for another I would say of gems coming to us from Sister Mosaina, rightful James, as she talks about her journey in moving from ordinary to extraordinary. And we're going to go a little deeper into um, Mosaina's life and where she was, where she is, where she's going in a moment. But the question for the day is, how do you move from ordinary to extraordinary? And when do you recognize that perhaps where you are is ordinary. We're going to go to the healthy tip of the day, and I got to tell you that the Organic Soul Chef brings it with this healthy tip. So stay tuned. The healthy tip of the day is up next. Mothina is here. We have one of our loyal listeners, Hafiz. He's here. I'd like to welcome everybody who has tuned in, everybody who has inboxed us and shared our post on this amazing show that we have today. Hang tight. The Keys 107 and presents The Healthy Tip of the Day. The Healthy Tip of the Day is to get at least eight hugs daily. In our high-tech society where people are connecting more to electronics, we are becoming more touch-starved as we miss out on the handshakes and hugs that accompany in-person greetings. If you already get eight hugs daily, I challenge you to double that. If you don't get eight hugs, then open your arms and heart and get to hugging. Getting at least eight daily hugs heal feelings of isolation and loneliness, depression, anxiety, stress, and can even boost immunity. Today's healthy tip has been brought to you by Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. To learn more about my services, visit OrganicSoulChef.com. See, I told you, the organic soul chef, the organic soul chef says that we should get at least eight hugs a day. I am 
all I love hugging Brother James. When we yeah, finish I love the hugging show, <laughs> or even during you. the show, if you feel like you want to come <laughs> over and give me a hug, I am my arms are wide open. <laughs> Every intermission, I'll be over there. Okay, so we're going to get our hug on today. <laughs> and, and um, Mathina, I just want to let you know that I got a hug for you, too. And I remember when I saw you in the elevator at Savior's Day, I was so happy. And then to get off that elevator, get that hug from you. Oh, my sister, I am so grateful that you had a moment in your busy schedule to spend with us here on the Keys 107. This is your home, you know, uh, Mathina. Welcome to the Keys. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sister Rafika, Brother James. I am thrilled. I was saying to um, my coworker earlier today, I said, listen, I, I, don't, I know today your birthday. <laughs> I know I promise. But listen, I have an appointment with Keith 107. <laughs> I'm going to cut it short. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, well, well wish, your, wish your friend a happy birthday on air and give uh, your friend a hug virtual hug. All right, sister, we'll make up for that at some other time. <laughs> Absolutely. So big shout out to to me and Nisha for their birthday today. Honor it, lift it up. You both have amazing mothers who I love and adore. So thank you and for uh, giving grace to slip out a little early. Yes, well, happy birthday to you. Um, you get a virtual hug from me, too. Um, Masina, I just want to take a moment and just read one passage out of your bio that I think is just one of the things that is so inspiring and that I really, really admired how you interpreted these words. And it starts out like, affectionately known as Sister Mathina, her personal motto, community development is a lifetime commitment, stands as proof to her intense belief in the communal family. A nation can rise no higher than its woman. A quote by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad edifies the passionate belief that Sister Mothina has in her mission to work with women and girls. She truly believes that healthy and whole women produce healthy and whole communities. In the last 10 years, Mathina has trained over 70,000 individuals in the field of sexual violence prevention. And there's so much more. So I'm going to give the mic over to you. And you could pick up from there. We are talking about moving from ordinary to extraordinary. And I know that sometimes it is just the sheer inspiration of listening to another person's journey that can inspire you. And I am inspired by you. I am humbled anytime I get a chance to just share a little piece of my journey because I think one of the things that's real for many of us is sometimes we have an experience, a trial, just a portion of our lives that may take, you know, eight, nine, ten years or a year or six months. And that, that when we come out of that trial, it may turn into, you know, a three-minute testimony. But that three-minute testimony can literally change someone else's life. And so, you know, when I'm, um, when I'm asked to introduce yourself and and also just share a little bit about what got you where you are. And I go, well, how much time we have? Because whatever <laughs> I can package into five, ten minutes or an hour is only ever going to be a portion of the story. And so that's always my encouragement and my reflection to my family is that, and I'm, you know, I'm talking about my communal family, of course, but 
we always have to remember that whenever you see someone, there you may be seeing them in a spotlight of their state of the stage of their life. But when you catch them in that spotlight, it may not be their best moment or it may be a great moment. But know that it's mm. always just a moment in the, in the in the play of their life. So I'm honored. I'm excited to be here with you all. And I think the one of the things I, I guess I will always want to share about my journey is that it's still continuing. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a little brown girl that was born on an island. I always say I was born on an island. I was raised in upstate New York, but I grew up in Baltimore. And I say <laughs> that because if I look at the early years of development, uh, you know, I spent my um, later adolescence into my early teen years in upstate New York, but I spent the last, um, was it now, 15 plus years, 16 years of my life in Baltimore, and it's in, it's in my 20s and um, the beginning of my 30s now that I've really began to grow and develop. Yes, I know. I haven't hit 40 yet. I know that that's where the real growth begins. I know all of that. What I'm saying, though, is to the point of my journey and the things I've been able to accomplish um, and the things I'm still learning how to accomplish. I'm excited about the fact this journey just isn't over yet. Well, we have a lot of updates. I certainly want to update our listening audience on To Heal a Woman, Heal a Nation. I know you have a conference coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. And um, just want to go into that um, brief conversation you touched on or that topic you touched on about um, your journey. And as you say, it's continuing. But how did you get involved in helping women with domestic violence and sexual abuse? I believe I... Oh, I look at what I call um, anytime we'll talk about the three P's later. But whenever I look at the almost over, a little over a decade now that I've spent um, in the field of doing sexual violence prevention work, and, and much of that time, in particular, working with teens. Um, but in the time that I've spent there, I always reflect back on the first time that I ever had someone do what I refer to as a disclosure, meaning they tell me that something traumatic um, and some form of sexual trauma has happened to them. I was 19 years old, and I was running an after-school program, and one of my middle school girls runs out of the room one day um, when one of the counselors showed her a book of STD, and she bolts out of the room as fast as her legs could carry her. And as I ran after her to figure out what happened, you know, I stopped her, we're in the bathroom, and we're in the bathroom, and she's crying. And I, find, and I finally get her to tell me what's happening. And she said she thought she may have herpes. And this young lady, was a, she was an athlete, a performer, very well liked by everyone. You know, she, we, nobody knew or saw or heard, really in, in, interact or engage with any of the young men in the program. And although we had almost 100 children, the young men and the young women were split in the program into more manageable groups. And she said that her mother's boyfriend had molested her, and she'd recently mm. found a bump on her vagina. So I was 19 years old, and this was a middle school, little girl in middle school. That was my first moment where I, where I had someone share with me an, an experience like that that had a, its own traumatic, like I was, I was shocked. I didn't know what to say. We eventually mm. ended up talking to her um, her um, stepmother, who she was living with, and she'd already told them, and they had an appointment already for her to go to, to see a doctor. 
Um, that young woman now, um, 10 years later, is extremely successful. She's doing really well, went to college, has graduated, um, was working in her field, and we see each other from time to time. But when I look at the compassion that I have and the directive that I felt was a divine appointment to work with women, I didn't know exactly what way that would, what way that would look. However, like many of the um, listeners, I just knew I had a fire in my belly, and I got to work. So I worked in this after-school program, that after-school program, um, this mentoring program. And then when the opportunity came through a local um, domestic violence shelter that they were looking for somebody who was comfortable going into urban school environments and talking, I thought, that's me. (laughs) And um, that began um, began my journey professionally in working with um, sexual violence prevention, and that's what started me on that journey. I always remember, and I think about that young lady, and then the, the thousands of stories and disclosures that I've gotten since that day. Um, my own background and history, uh, all of those things compel me with what I call a powerful why, a powerful reason as to why I am so committed to this work. And no matter what arena I go into in terms of really working with women um, as speakers, trainers, coaches, and so on, very often we're brought back to that story of a traumatic moment in their life that has mm. affected them and how they, they show up in the world. Mm. I'm thinking as you speak of how that young woman impacted you and she needed you to share. You were there for her, but she also opened up a door for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that in a service. moment of crisis, yeah. Yeah, in in a moment of when, when we talk about this idea of how to take go from ordinary to extraordinary, that very often, you know, the day before your life changes, it's like any other day. Mm. You don't know on Tuesday that something is going to happen on Wednesday that's going to to change your life forever, because the day before is ordinary. The day of, literally until the moment happens, the day of still just like every other day. So um, I like to think that in every ordinary, every ordinary day, every ordinary experience, there's an opportunity for an extraordinary result. And it's just mm-hmm. based on what you think of, how you think of it, and then how you choose to use that moment. Mm-hmm. Sisters, may I chime in? Because this is a fascinating conversation. You're talking about ordinary, which basically means normal, something that's uh, regular, it's everyday things. But we're talking about people. People, are, are they normal? You know, when you have a traumatic situation occur to you, it disturbs your whole being. And so you're not normal anymore. You're not regular anymore. You're irregular. You're not even familiar with who you are because the tra- trauma has changed the way you perceive yourself and you perceive the world. So how do you bring a person who has been inflicted with some, so, so, such deep hurt and pain back to themselves of, of normal or, or average or ordinary and then proceed to lift them up to become um, unusually gifted or to become, uh, you know, uh, special, to, you know, to be not of the 
normal type any longer, but on a higher level, extraordinary. Talk mm. to us about that. The first thing that always comes to mind for me is whenever we feel less than, whenever we feel cloaked in the comfort of doubt, fear, shame, anxiety, whenever those things happen, is people like to say, oh, it's because they have a, a low self-esteem. or they." And I, I always challenge some, um, the concept of what low self-esteem is or means because in my world I push that. I don't even use the terminology unless I'm using it in this context to say I don't think there's any such thing. But if someone ever has a moment where they're thinking about some having low esteem, see, esteem is based on opinion. It is based on opinion. And very often that opinion comes from somebody else and how they view you. Versus if you look rather at worthiness or worth, that is a divine assignment and appointment on a life. The fact that you're here means that you have a worthiness, a self-worth that was given by by an entity, we'll call it God, an entity that has said, I put you here, right? That's Mathina's way of looking at it, right? I, I take full ownership of Mathina's view of it. But I believe God has put us there here with a divine appointment that no one can ever shun, shy, or put an opinion on that could matter more than the divine assignment that's already been given. So when someone gets in the space of time where it's that self-esteem starts showing up and it has low self-esteem, well, you will always have a high worthiness. So why do I care about the low opinion of somebody else? Because that's all self-esteem is. Whether or not I am looking at, believing, or embracing the low opinion of another human being versus always living in the high esteem and worthiness that is the core of who I be. And so whenever you have a person who's experienced trauma or any, any of us, even if I, is it, is it, it isn't a traumatic, a severely traumatic moment, I always say that I, I like alliteration, right? And I always say that you have to think about your peace, your profit, process, and pivot. When I say profit, I'm talking about projection profit. I'm talking about P-R-O-P-H-E-T, right? I'm talking about that profit. Mm. And what is a profit? A profit projects. A profit declares what is divine. A profit um, says something that may not even be in existence yet, right? So whenever we, we, when we look at where you are, look at where are you in your profit season. Your profit season is where you're planning, you're projecting, you're declaring what you're going to walk into. Because if we're co-creators with God, which is what I believe, we're co-creators with God, right? There's nobody, if I came in, it was my mama there, right? My daddy may have been there, the doctor and the nurse was there. But honestly, before and through that process, there was a divinity. And so if I'm going to dictate what happens in my life, even if something happens to me, I get to decide what, well, I get to declare what is not going to happen, what this experience is not going to mean. That's my profit. So if I'm in my profit season, profit portion of my day even, then I'm planning, I'm projecting, I'm declaring what is getting ready to happen. That what's going to happen could be in the next hour, it could be in the next day, it could be in the next six years. But I get to plan and and project that. And then when you look at where you are in your process, right, if you look at where Mm -hmm. you are in your process, the process portion is the assessment. It's the time where you do stop to realize maybe that you are, you're not pushing yourself past your ordinary into your extraordinary. The process Mm -hmm. is where you get to really assess whether or not you need to reset and keep the path you're on 
or reset and then going to the next P, which is pivot. So if you ever get to the point where you're pivoting, you're deciding for yourself, am I heading in a new direction now? Is that necessary? What's mm. working versus what isn't working? And I keep mm-hmm. what's working and I redirect in the, in the, where it, it isn't working. So that's what I mean by profit. Declare over your life, your hour, your day, your years, where you want to go and what you want to have and who you want to be. And then you want to, uh, want to see your process. Always respect the process, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we want to rush the process. Always respect mm-hmm. the process. But if you're not conscious of the fact that you're in a process, then you're not assessing yourself and you're not saying, you know what, I might need to reset. And then what is your pivot? Are you in a position now where somewhere along this journey or this path, there is a pivot so you can keep going on a process that allows you to get to the ultimate destination? Mm. Well, so let's go, let's go back um, for a moment before you spoke about um, <clears throat> the pivot or when you spoke about the pivot. You, you said to ask yourself, am I heading in a new direction and then ask yourself, is it necessary? I think that's so important because sometimes we, we always think that we have to stop and go in another direction, and maybe we just have to sort of tweak, tune the direction that we're already in. Maybe that is the right direction. But how do you know? You ask yourself, am I getting the results? So how do you know if you are on – if you're going um, – I use this example. So my husband and I went to um, Virginia Beach just to kind of relax. Right last weekend, and it was it was my reset. Right, so I needed to unplug. And as you know, because the last week was crazy, the next few weeks are going to be intense. So we intentionally carved out time to value our relationship, value who we are as individuals, and the time that we need to just take a step back. And so while we were on the road, he's just like, "Oh, I know where I'm going." Yeah, dude, like you drive to Virginia Beach every day. But okay, so so we're on the road and we're going. And along the route, he looked up and he said, I think this was at one point when we were at the upper part of Virginia. So we kind of crossed out of Maryland already, but we probably had uh, maybe um, two hours or so, two and a half hours left in our journey, just knowing that it's, you know, how long it takes for us to get there. And so we weren't using GPS at the time. And so when he looked up and said, mm, Okay, I think we now know when we're going to be there. Can you pull up the GPS and just check? So if you're looking up in your life and you're seeing things that seem a little familiar but maybe out of place and you don't quite know, if you actually lived in your profit season, you'd already created a level of a plan, a level of projection, a level of this is the result I want to create. Our result was to get to Virginia Beach. We looked up. Hmm, it looks a little familiar. I think I'm on the right check. What resources, what tools, what do I have at my disposal to help me see if I'm on the right path? So in an example of us going to Virginia Beach, the tool he had, i.e. person, was me. He's driving. I'm just sitting here reading my little book and chit-chatting. So I am a person that's a resource. Second, what tools do we have? My cell phone is sitting right here. Let me pull up the phone, pull out the GPS, plug in the result that I want, Virginia Beach, and say, okay, here we are on the little, here's our little arrow on the map. Looks like we're still on the blue path. We're in the right direction. And so what, what, um, what tools or resources do you have? And then, of course, 
are we on the right path? My ultimate destination is Virginia Beach. This is saying I'm going to get to Virginia Beach in two hours and 45 minutes. I'm on the right path. So what mm. does your people, what does your, your tools, what does your resources look like? Spiritually, where are you aligned? What are you checking into? What, is, what keeps you on the path? And I, you don't have to follow a particular religion or faith, in my opinion, for this, but you do have to say to yourself, what keeps me grounded to the higher power around me? If you're looking mm. um, in your business, in your relationships, right, whether romantic, family relationships, the relationship you have with your children, what is the path? What is the direction? What's my ultimate result that I want to create? What resources are available to me? Am I reading a book? Am I talking to other people who've been married for a while? Am I talking to people who um, just put their children through high school and prepared them for college? What is my ultimate destination? I believe that's how you get to figure out if I'm really stuck in ordinary in the moment and I want to challenge myself and really stretch to um, extraordinary. That's when you're in the space of, hmm, this may be good. Because remember, the desire to have more doesn't mean that everything is bad. Mm-hmm. But if you have good, but you know greater is still available, you can go for greater. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Hmm. So you said good is okay, but uh, be- uh, great is better. I like that idea. Um, sister, one of the things I... Um, I, I thought was very interesting, even from the first time we, we had our conversation on air, uh, the notion of emotional IQ, as you spoke about that young sister running down the hall or bolting out the classroom and having that conversation, you had already a natural inclination to uh, to assess her emotional state and to um, allow her to be able to vent and um, not necessarily totally absorb her feelings, but to assess it and have a natural way to try to calm her down and help direct her and comfort her. How did you get to that point in your life at that early stage of, of, of 19 years old, and how have you seen yourself develop from that state then to where you're at now? Mm. The first thing that comes to mind, and I think um, the listeners will be able to identify with this, is that whenever we have a moment where we get to say, what if this was me? Mm. It doesn't mean we always have the answer when we say that, but it at least, again, points us in the direction of where we could go. And what if this was me? What if I was scared? What if I was crying and trembling? And I may be surrounded by a few people that I know and I respect, but at this moment I feel totally alone. Mm. I would want somebody to look me in the eye and say, are you okay? And they're not really figuring out whether or not they need to check their cell phone. At least in that moment it doesn't seem like that. They're fully present here with me. And that is all I need. They may not have the answers, but at least I know someone cares about what happened to me in that moment. And that's what I can honestly say, you know, at at 19, I tapped into just in that moment. You see someone in pain. If I'm in pain, I want somebody to check and see if I'm okay. It doesn't matter if my pain is a broken leg or a broken heart. Are you okay? Hmm. I don't know what I don't know, but I I know that something seems to be wrong. Are you okay? And I think when, when I look at where I am now, I believe that, you know, we all have design gifts and we all have talents and skills, right? So if you have a gift, 
you are often going to develop a talent or a skill that can help you do and to deliver your gift better. And so if we think about it as, you know, two awesome circles, and their circles overlap, in the middle is where your gifts and your talents collide, and that is your space of genius. Mm-hmm. If we add another circle and make that people, and where those circles, in, with that circle in the lap, interlap with the middle of the gift and the talent, that is not, that's your genius and the people who need it. And so where I am now, I believe, is in playing on developing and seeing, am I still playing in my genius space? And am I getting my genius to the people that need it? Or am I just jumping back and forth in between, yeah, I'm good at this, or, oh, yeah, I can do that, or I don't, I don't even think about how well I do this. So can I get in the space where not only am I in my genius space, but I'm also in my genius space with the people who need it? Mm. I think that was very well put, and I just want to say that I was visualizing the circles, and the word that came out of it was centered. Like, so you're centered in your God, the gift that God has given you, and out of that, the genius develops, and you're sharing those talents, those gifts with other people. So you are, to me, a life coach. You're teaching people how to go back to their, to the essence of who they are, and then build on top of that, you know, um, through all the rubbish that life sometimes um, throws on top of us. So I commend you for the work that you're doing, and uh, I just want you to know that we support your efforts, and anytime you need us at the Keys 107, just give us a holler. We can move forward and help you out. Uh, I give thanks every time. I think... Uh, what was so awesome about what you said is that that, that place of centering. And I think mm-hmm. too often people feel like in order to be centered, they, meet, they everything in their life has to be so balanced. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a misconception of what balance looks like, right? That balance isn't perfect stillness. It is the harmony of constant movement. Because if mm-hmm. you look at a dancer or a symphony, Whenever, in order to make the sound beautiful, in order to make the look and the dance beautiful, it is a harmony, right? It's a synergy of constant movement. And so when we remember that that is what balance truly is, then we won't think that because we're juggling things, that is bad. No, you should be juggling things because if you're not growing, if you don't have movement, then you're dead. And so if you're not juggling um, things, you want to be juggling and juggling, though, in a, in a harmony, in a harmony. And that means you can be in your balance. You can be in your center. Well, I like that um, idea of the centering, and I like what you said about um, it's, it doesn't have to be a perfect balance because I think sometimes, as you said, we all, we all try to go into something and get a little frustrated when we feel that we're, we've touched on something that was imperfect in our journey to be perfect. So you also started talking about the P's, and I know you got to pivot, and I think I missed the P's. So can you go back to the P's? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so our first was um, profit, and we are saying profit um, like somebody who projects the leader. So P-R-O-P-H-E-T, that type of profit, and that was to plan to project to the clear over your life so that you can walk into it. And then we have process. So process is where you take the time to assess 
to um, analyze the back end and reset where necessary. And then, of course, we have the pivot to go into a new direction if necessary to figure out what, what or to figure out how you may need to pivot just a little on the path you're on. Because a pivot, a pivot can be a hard left and keep going, or it can be a slight adjustment to the right and then walk up the path just a little. So that's what your pivot looks like. Okay. So you said it was three P's. Yes. Okay, we're we're going to hold on to those three P's, the profit, the process, and the pivot, and we're going to take a brief commercial break. I'm going to go feed the bird so she can stop chirping because she's loud tonight. <laughs> hold on tight. Uh, we'll be right back with um, Sister Marthina, Sister James, myself, and I'd like to welcome new people on the switchboard to Keys 107. And for those of you that are listening on the internet and you want to call in, the number is 213-943-3618. 213-943-3618. Or if you are uncomfortable calling and speaking, you can always shoot us an email at suggestions at the Keys 107 network.com and ask more signer. Any questions you may have on your journey or something you might want to share on moving from ordinary to extraordinary. The Keys 107 will be right back. For fashion that bring out the best in you, go to moon107.com. That's M-A-U-N-107.com. We feature organic hair and skin products. Pink Himalayan sea salt, women tunic tops, children's books, jewelry, art, and organite. Visit us on the web at moon107.com. M-A-U-N-107.com. Alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. We'll get your copy today. For more information, go to www.thefluffamily.com. Rafika Consultants and Services Technology Trainers. Do you need help making your computer or smartphone work for you? Whether it's managing your email, navigating Windows 8, working with MS Office, creating videos for YouTube, or any other technology need, our friendly and expert trainers are ready to help you get it right. We also provide public relations and web design project management. For more information, contact us at www.rafikacs.com or on Facebook at Rafika Consultants and Services. Now, 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 back to the keys. 107 with your host, Rafika and Brother James. So this is Rafika. I'm back with the Keys 107. I thank you all for tuning in. I thank you for your patience. Uh, we've got some new people that I just wanted to say thank you so much um, for your time. And all of those people, especially our good friend Hafiz who has, and my brother Michael, my sister Aisha, who have just shared this post and helped us to generate all of what we are and where we are today. We have moved from ordinary to extraordinary here on the Keys 107 from, if I think back to 
where we started and where we are now in the three years that we've been broadcasting and just the reality that we've garnered about near 300,000 listeners here on the Keys 107. We are moving. Let's continue our conversation with Mothaina. Okay. Hey. I'm so excited. <laughs> we have been rocking and we've been rocking and rolling. I love it. And as soon as you said it, I got a Facebook notification. So thank you everyone for sharing. I'm getting ready to share it as well. Let's continue to invite individuals to the conversation because I think we're having a powerful opportunity here. And Brother James just keeps coming in with the great questions and just offering us that um, perspective and energy that's really helping us propel this forward. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you so much for having me. Um, this is such a powerful conversation. Mm, you know, um, i just like to say that it's so profound. A lot of the things that you are saying are so profound, and it seems as if you have already reached that state of being extraordinary and most people don't realize their mission, as we were saying earlier, until they're 40 years old, or it takes approximately 40 years for one to fully recognize their gifts, their talents, and their divine mission. Do you believe that you are, like, ahead of the game? And is it something that you're doing that causes you to, to accelerate your own personal growth? I believe that it's definitely uh, some things that we all could do to keep ourselves pushing forward and accelerating our growth. So one of the things that I believe I've learned um, through my years working with individuals who've experienced trauma and working with women leaders, in particular youth, that in every instance, every time we've experienced success, every time we push through to push through a plateau to a new level um, in our emotional health and well-being, in our businesses, in our overall lives, it is because, one, we recognize that we don't do this alone. There's somebody that connects in our circle, right? We have co-hosts on the line for a reason. Um, I have partners in every aspect of my life. I have accountability partners to keep me healthy and um, focused on my health and well-being. I have an accountability partner to help me stay focused on valuing my marriage and being um, very intentional about what it is I'm creating in my own life. And it doesn't ever mean perfection. I am not married to perfection. I'm not striving for perfection. I'm striving to stay in the process. And I think that's the second part, that as long as we keep working, as long as we strive to stay in the process and continue to make progress, if you take one step and fall, at least fall forward. Then take two steps and fall, at least fall forward. And always look to that. And I think the other thing that has made a, a shift and a difference that I believe helps us all to push forward, again, that concept of going from ordinary to extraordinary, is that we make a conscious decision to be intentional about it every single day. Mm-hmm. That my day tomorrow or my day today could, I can still, I can be in, in ordinary, if you will. But every day, making a very conscious and intentional choice to say, I choose to live in extraordinary. I choose to speak the language of greatness. I choose to choose me in every process, in every opportunity, because I know that self-love is not selfish. Self-love allows me to love my brother and my sister and to see the best of who they are. 
That is what I believe really helped propel us all forward. And every person that I've seen overcome um, tragedy or or strive to just say, I can make it past this experience and moment in my day, is that no one thinks they're perfect, but everybody believes and is committed to the concept of progress and to the power of what progress can create in your life. So did I hear you say that you choose to speak the language of greatness every day? Every day. Did I, every day. And did I every also day. hear you say that it's a choice uh, that you have in terms of having an extraordinary day? It's a choice. So you can, have the, you can make the choice to have an ordinary day, or you can make the choice to have an extraordinary day. It's your choice, right? That's it, Brother James. I think, and I'll give an example of what that looks like. So, yeah, the other day it was overcast. It it was about to rain. I had my umbrella, and I was walking into um, the elevator, and a a delivery man was walking in as well. We both got in the elevator. He said, oh, there's one of those days I just want to be in my bed. It's raining, and it's going to be raining all day. And I said, I know. And then I stopped myself, and I said, no, Miss Simon, you made a commitment. And I will share this within within any of all of my communities, and I shared it with him on the elevator. But in the time it took us to get from the first floor to the fourth floor, I said, well, what would our lives be like if every day like this we said is a power day? If every rainy day is a power day, the rainier it is, the stormier it is, the snowier it is, the more powerful we get. What if we shifted our mind to say that? And he said, you know what, sister, you're absolutely right. And I got off the elevator. So choosing to live Choosing to speak the language of greatness over your life means that you check what becomes social norms even. Oh, it's rainy outside. I just want to stay home. I just, why? It's a power day. It's a day for you to get out and go. It's a day that helps renew and revive, um, revitalize the life. So why is it a day that, oh, I just want to stay home. It's raining just because that's what everyone else says. It's crowded at mediocre. There's a lot hmm. of room in excellence. <laughs> I think um, Joe, uh, Joe Washington, let go of average, would love to hear that quote. It's crowded at mediocre. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's, that's just... It's, it's a really powerful reality when we ever, whenever we choose to shift. And when I think about um, our previous broadcast that we've done together, um, that you're, you're talking about keys for successful living. That, yeah, and, you know, when we think about the fact that this is a leap year, we got an extra day. But most people, just ordinary life, you, you lived a leap year as if it was a common year. Most people don't know that that's the difference. When we have a leap years, every year that's not a leap year is often referred, is referred to as a common year. So during a leap year, you would think that, okay, let me do something extraordinary. Let me take that leap. Let me live boldly. Let me speak more powerfully. But we did nothing with that extra 24 hours. And how many times are people, are the excuses of people around us, oh, I just don't have enough time? Mm. Mm. Well, what would you do if you actually had more time? Wow. You had an so extra most, day. You had an extra day. And for most people, we would do the same thing we do every day. Mm. So it's not Except really about having was, more time. 
except if you was born on that particular day, which is the leap year, and I think it comes every what, every fourth year or something. Yes, sir. Yeah. So you know, a person who was born on a leap year uh, uh, on in the leap year on the leap day, exactly, they don't actually get the opportunity to feel special for a day. Most times, it's your birthday, your 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 uh, physical birthday. So you know, I think we should make every day special. You know, That's every it. day, give thanks for life that you have, and then, like you said, add that extra to it. That extra, make it extraordinary every single day, and then you'll be a blessed being. You actually will walk in the spirit of of greatness, and the vibe that you give off would be so strong that it would be shared by everyone who comes in, into your uh, presence. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm taking some notes, and we're going to actually tweet some of this stuff out tomorrow. You might see it on Facebook, but I'm going to put your name to it, sister. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Just one time. Give me credit one time. Just one time. After that, you can take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, I would like to um, make sure that we don't run out of time before we can talk about the Heal a Nation, Heal a Woman, Heal a, Heal a Woman, Heal a Nation, and also about the upcoming conference, which always leads to moving from ordinary to extraordinary because your conferences empower women to be and to grow, to exceed. Let's talk about the Heal a Woman, Heal a Nation. Oh, I love, love, love the work, right? Just finding that space, to, that time and opportunity to be in your genius space. And I was, playing, I was talking to someone, one of our sponsors, um, one of the few black-owned, female-owned um, office supply companies. And she's been a sponsor with us for many, many years. And so I'm talking to her today, and she goes, oh, what year is this? Is it nine? Is it ten? I said, it's 13. She said, really? I said, yeah, we've been doing this for 13 years. And when you think about the fact that the idea and the planning for this started was a 19-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, we're 13 years now. And so mm. the Heal a Woman to Heal a Nation, uh, we do an annual women's uh, weekend called the Unlimited You Weekend. It's a three-day weekend that features breakout sessions, workshops, uh, master sessions with keynote speakers. And what we take, and I think what Sister Rafik is also mentioning that I love, is that we're absolutely taking the opportunity to say, for so many of us who are women leaders, we need to take the time and space to take our cape off, to be hmm. in a space where there's no judgment, it's respect, it's love, it's sisterhood, and it's about challenging yourself, though. You're a woman leader. You have to conquer your fears. You have to build your confidence, and you have to create massive personal and professional success for yourself. And so the Unlimited You Weekend this year is April 15th through the 17th in um, Baltimore, Maryland, and it's our opportunity to come together and to make a connection in a space that allows us to propel forward and not just be inspirational but be intentional about what we're creating in the world and making connections and bring that, bring it to reality. And so I'm excited about it. Unlimited16.com is where folks can find out more information, see who our speakers are, and really learn. Uh, we're coming, it's coming up in two weeks. <laughs> we're exactly two weeks out. But really learn what it is they're ready to do. Because we, I, I, when we say it, now our time is now. 
we know we want to do it now. We want to do it but right now, in this moment in time, because nothing is guaranteed. We can't wait. So look at your clock. It says now. I don't care what time it is, whether you're in California or the East Coast in New York, the time is now. What's the website again? Unlimited16, unlimited16.com. And the dates for the uh, for the um, forum is um, again. What is the dates? It's April fifteenth through the seventeenth. Uh, we'll be in the Baltimore, Maryland area. So folks who are driving, it's literally right off the highway, like literally right off the highway. Uh, we spend all three days really focused on getting connected to content and, and inf- information that's inspirational enough to move us forward, but instructional enough to give us the practical steps to move. So we're talking about live master classes, entrepreneur, as well as um, personal development sessions. We focus on what we call mingling for results. So that's power networking. That's instructional, as also, but also allows you to utilize and move around the room. But you're doing it with intention. And so we teach what we call our MFR strategy, which is our mingling for results in order to master a room. And we also are looking at having an amazing pajama party. Um, and there are no cameras allowed for that. <laughs> we really mean take your cape off, right? And so there's no cameras allowed for the pajama party. And then one of the things, and I think everyone has experienced this, if you, you go to conferences or workshop seminars and you get good information, but you sometimes walk away saying, okay, now what? How do I get yes. clear on this? How do I become strategic with this? Um, and you go home, and your family members, your friends, your coworkers, they weren't at the conference with you. So we, we do what we call clapper moments, and we have these loud clappers, and we're shaking them, and you, you had a moment you're excited about. And so you know, some of the women who come and tell us, I went home, my clapper, and I was like, oh, and, I was like and everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. And it's because they weren't there. So in mm. order to keep you focused, and intentional and in action, we do what we call a starlight strategy session where we're open well past midnight, the room is open, and we're in little mastermind collaborative sessions, and we have coaches who move around the room. And so you bring your laptop because who do you need to email? Who do you need to call? When are you going to do it? You're going to do it Tuesday at 5 a.m. or you're going to do it Tuesday at 5 p.m.? What is that process like? Who do you need to connect with next? You need a graphic designer? Okay, walk around this room until you find a graphic designer referral. Put it on your calendar in terms of when you're going to call that person. So you know, people say things like, I need a business plan. You don't, need, you don't need a business plan. Business plans don't fall out of the sky. What you need is a person to help you write a business plan. Talk that's about it. That's what you it. really want to say, mm. right? So that is, and that's, that's one of my favorites. I think over the years, the more feedback we've gotten, this is my favorite thing that we've added to the weekend experience because it's, it's a no excuses opportunity to get in action. Um, and it's mm. my absolute favorite thing that we've added. So I'm really excited about the opportunity that we have here in order to have folks really just focused, engaged, and really moving forward with intentional strategy. Well, Sister Mathina, when well, you talking about excitement, when you said about the pajama party, the lights on the uh, on on our phone lines lit up with the brothers. Can you inform them that there is no, no males <laughs> at this function? 
No, no mail. <laughs> Thank you, Brother James. Uh, family, this is this is for women leaders. There are no brothers allowed. That's why we also have no cameras allowed. And yeah, okay. So all that's right, what we focus enough with on. the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pajamas party. But I want to I want to just say to the listening audience, those who might be curious and those who have attended so many of these conferences, um, and, and as Sister Martina said, you walk away wondering, okay, so what do I do with all this information? It is critical when I bring a guest on to the keys. I specifically outline what my expectations are and what I want my listening audience to get from this conversation. When I went to the first um, Heal a Woman, Heal a Nation conference that I met, when I met Sister Mathina, one of the things that I just love so much is you broke the ice with a very unusual icebreaker, which was you had everybody stand up and dance. Yeah, and it was just such a, <laughs> such a simple um, thing. But you were in motion, you were in mm-hmm. in in action. You were laughing with the person next to you, whether you could mm-hmm. dance, whether you couldn't dance. But I remember the light spirit of everybody after that that just simple exercise, and I, I will never forget that. And I always talk about that. Another thing that I was so impressed with being the detailed, orientated person that I am. Everything happened on time. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, what a concept. <laughs> it's amazing to me how many people will tell us that. And if there's and for any reason we're a little off, we always thought, we always acknowledge at the time to say, okay, this is where we are. This is what's about to happen. This is going to take us another 10, 15 minutes to wrap up just so we can be intentional and respectful. Mm-hmm. And so, and we, yes, we still dance a lot. Okay. <laughs> because again, it just, and it's, there's so many things to it. Like you said, it breaks up the, um, the, the monotony and the energy of, oh, I don't know this person. Once you dance with somebody, it helps loosen, you know, it stuff loosens you up a little bit. Of course, it has, there's health properties to dancing and movement and laughter, and that always changes an energy in the room, and it lifts it up. So we still do that. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So let's, let's go into a little bit about the name, Heal a Woman, Heal a Nation. And we spoke earlier in the show when I introduced you, I read some from your bio, that that directly comes from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. At what point did that spark in your mind? That's the name of the company. Well, what ended up happening was, this is actually before I was introduced um, to the quote by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I'd read a poem called Heal a Woman, Heal a Nation. And then not too long after I read the poem, and again, I was about 19 years old at that time, um, maybe a little younger, but I was like 18, 19, I read that poem. And then, I don't even know how long later, maybe several months later, I saw the African proverb that um, the, uh, the ruin of a nation begins in the home of its people. That's an African proverb, so I saw that. So this concept of nation, home, community, people. And then I saw, um, then I said, I want to do the conference, and we named it Healing to Your Nation. And then probably about a year after we hosted the first conference, I thought we were done. 
I thought were complete. I've graduated from college. That was nice. That was what I did in undergrad. Okay. And um, about six months, six months, six to eight months after that, um, and I moved on, I was working, I, I um, was connected with other community organizations, that's when I saw the quote by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And okay. I went, wow, that's what Healing Foundation is. So I kept getting these confirmations, but that is the one that I said, that includes everything. That includes the phrase Healing Foundation. It includes the, um, a, a ruin of, the ruin of a nation begins in the home of its people. To me, for my, for my work, for my commitment, the quote by Ramadan Muhammad just summed it all up. Remember when I talked about what balance was actually the harmony of movement? And that's what that quote was to me because it said that there's a work that needs to be done with the woman and that that work with the woman will ripple effect across the globe generation by generation. And when I got the phone call that said, Masina, I want you to come back to the campus and do the, the conference, that thing you did, do it again. And I remember being resistant. I said, but wait a minute. I've graduated. I, I'm not even a student there anymore. How can she's like, I'll take care of it. She was the director of student activities at the time. She said, I'll take care of it. I just want you to come back and do it again. It was so powerful, so good, so great. And, you know, she sold that seed into us. And I remember seeing the quote by the Elijah Muhammad again. I said, well, Mathina, if that is your model, you can't say no to her right now. Mm. So that is what kept that is what kept us going. And um, two years later, that one she did it for three full three three years three years after our first conference, and she passed away from cancer. Mm. And at that point, we knew that one we had to keep this going. There's a legacy here. Two, we have to do bigger. We have to do more. That's when we opened it up. And we started having members. Um, a couple of we really t- started playing with it, and then we really opened up um, in 2012 to have membership. We started doing smaller workshops and seminars. We became more aggressive in the work we were doing with girls, and we started visiting girls' programs and doing girls' workshops more, much more intentionally. And so we really began to expand at that point. But it was the synergy, the balance, and the harmony of the quote by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that has kept me personally going um and i've shared it with my team and team comes together our co-founder my co-founders are monarchy and and dr maria james and that has what is what has pushed us forward with heal a woman to heal a nation wow i knew it was deep sister mathina but whoa that is that is awesome we are live here with uh mathina james brightful she is the author of a book. I am. I want to talk a little bit about that book before we wrap up. And the book is Engage, Inspire, and Prevent Strategies for Educating Teens on Sexual Violence. Now, when the last time when you were on the show, that book was not out. When did you release That's the book? That's right. Yeah. Uh, I released the book last February, so a little over a year ago now. Um, and I think the last time I was on the show, we were talking about my first book, which is Because I'm a Queen, 100 Affirmations for Daily Living, co-authored with um, Monica and Nance. So I think we had talked about that a little bit. But I've been getting requests for several years to package how I'm able to build rapport in a room of teens in a matter of minutes. 
because mm-hmm. often I may only have between 45 to 50 minutes. And with younger grades, I have between 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Um, but I have to get them to talk about a subject that nobody wants to talk about. So how do you do that? And then how do you plan to do a four-week program with young people who most people have written off because they're in alternative schools, um, they're in you know, programs like Job Corps, where they don't, they're not considered the traditional student. How do you have a program like that that's scheduled for four weeks and have this student say, I want you to come back, please don't leave us yet, and have to double the length of the program? How did you do that? Uh, and so I said, okay, well, let me put this all down in one place. Because I believe you, wherever we do, we have to add value in every path and every walk. And so when I look at sexual violence prevention, it's a space where I, I happen to have had the opportunity to bring my expertise and my talents in other ways and offer it to this space. So Engage, Inspire, Prevent was written for the purpose of helping adults who work with teens and young people be able to reach them and communicate this very important topic in a way that doesn't scare them but keeps them engaged. Mm. Mm. Well, just being around teens is not an easy thing. And to be able to reach them, as you said, in in a short amount of time, there must be some definite skills um, involved in that. This book is available, I would, through Amazon. Yes, it is available on Amazon. You can search Engage, Inspire, Prevent, or my name, Mathina, M-O-T-H-Y-N-A, um, and you can find it. If you're like, wait, I want a little bit more about it, then go to EngageInspirePrevent.com, and you'll be able to learn more about the book and purchase it right there, EngageInspirePrevent.com. Well, we are coming to the end of our show, so I would like for you just to hold on for one quick moment. I know you have, you've got to go. But uh, we'll be right back after this brief commercial, and we'll give some more contact information about that upcoming uh, seminar convention, Heal a Woman, Heal a Nation, and um, we'll wrap up with some other gems. The key is 107. We'll be right back. The Alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, go to www.thefluffamily.com. Rafika Consultants and Services Technology Trainers. Do you need help making your computer or smartphone work for you? Whether it's managing your email, navigating Windows 8, working with MS Office, creating videos for YouTube, or any other technology need, our friendly and expert trainers are ready to help you get it right. We also provide public relations and web design project management. For more information, contact us at www.RafikaTS.com or on Facebook at Rafika Consultants and Services. So we're back, um, Masina. We're 
happy and grateful that you had a moment and, you know, tell your friend again, happy birthday. And we appreciate her allowing you to take time to spend with us um, here on her special day. We've talked about moving from ordinary to extraordinary, and you've given us the four P's. You said profit, process, and pivot. Those are the gems that you left with us for today, and we are very grateful. Also, we've already begun tweeting, Brother James, just to let you know. And um, the Organic Soul Chef gave us a action plan, and she says the healthy tip to have a minimum of eight hugs a day. I like that one. <laughs> and um, I like to to, to um, I think if if I could just take one part of a quote that you gave us today that I really uh, resonated with and I'm going to hold dear to me, it is crowded at mediocre. Do you have That's one? That's one of my favorites. Is that one of your favorites? Yes, it is. Okay. Mm. I got a lot from you, sister. I ain't going to lie. So I'm going to talk about how uh, I choose to speak the language of greatness. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. The harmony of constant movement. I, oh, I didn't catch yeah. the whole thing. The harmony of constant movement is balance. Is that what? Yes. I, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So you and, see we were and, well, I got my pen. You know, I always have my pen in my paper. I'm going to have a book. I'm going to have a book on the Keys 107. Um, in every ordinary day, it's another opportunity for an extraordinary change. Did I quote that correctly? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, can you just give out your contact information? And if anybody's ready to book their hotel room and get going, get into action, put that plan together, join Sister Mathana, and please give my regards to your partner. I will. I will. I am so excited. Um, if you want to get connected and join us on April the 15th through the 17th, and I always say that this is not for everyone. This is only for the person who and the woman who says, Things may be good, but greater is absolutely calling my name. I'm Mm. tired of being a unicorn. I'm tired of being beige. I'm tired of being crowded in mediocrity. I want to be on point. I want to be bright orange. I'm tired of, I want to stand out and be okay with it. And so we want you to um, connect with us at unlimited16.com. That's unlimited, the number one and the number six dot com. And then if you're just saying, Messina, I just want to see what's, what are you doing? What's connected to you? Then go to Messina.com. So that's M-O-T-H-Y-N-A.com. You can get all of my social media, um, my motivational quotes in, um, that I send out each day that apparently I'm going to add these um, ones to it. <laughs> uh, you can see that's Messina, M-O-T-H-Y-N-A.com, and then get the information for the conference on unlimited16.com. April 15th through the 17th in Baltimore, Maryland. Wow. Um, Mathina, I'd just like to let you know that one of our Facebook um, friends and also a personal friend, Michelle, is listening in, and she says, that's the quote, it's crowded, mediocre, mediocre. and she says, um, I'm adding that one. She says, I'm adding to her quote, and she says, I'm moving to excellence. That's right. Come on, Michelle. Woo! That's what I'm saying. And that's what the whole 
thing is about. It's listening to a person's story and being inspired by their journey and understanding that there is nothing ordinary really about you, but you can move from where you are to extraordinary. I think I'm feeling a little extraordinary right now, and I would love to just close out with this beautiful song that's just been in my mind and in my heart, and I'm scrolling, trying to find it really, really quick. I'm going to play this song, and I'm going to give my husband a hug. Um, I'm on my way. <laughs> when, <laughs> when this song comes on, and maybe we'll, um, we'll dance. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can always reach us at suggestions at the keys 107 network.com. Join our subscribers list at www.thekeys107network.com. We've got a newsletter getting ready to launch any day now, and we'd love to hear your responses. Good night. Good night. All righty. Bye-bye. Oh, by the way, this is Kevin Owens and Luther Vandross. Thank you, Kevin. You are my everything. I'm going to get my hug now. Come and get it, baby. All right. You surely must know magic, girl, because you've changed my life. It was dull and ordinary. You made it sunny and bright. Now, I was blessed. The day I found you, gonna build my whole world around you. You're everything good, girl. And you're all that matters to me. When my
You're listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James. 